Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vradenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 89, and the topic for today is developing empathy. And to the regular listeners of this podcast series, I do want to apologize for the delay in getting a new episode out. I have been traveling every week and am away from the studio that I record this in. And so I'm glad to finally be back and available to record this and subsequent episodes as well. I've got a number of them scheduled and the next one with a special guest as well. So this topic of developing empathy occurred to me as I hear stories of what my friends are going through and reading the news and realizing that one of the most fundamental challenges in reducing conflict and having people work together more effectively is being able to take the other person's point of view. And This overall topic then of empathy, and just to define the term first, is the ability to take someone else's perspective, understand things from their point of view, have insight into their emotions and motivations, and essentially to know them deeply. Developing this habit of empathizing with others is really central to success and happiness in life regarding your personal and business relationships. It's also key to resolving conflict, whether between two members of a couple, let's say, or world leaders discussing war zones. If you think about virtually any conflict in the world, whether a personal or worldwide, I would suggest that this lack of empathy, a lack of trying to really understand a situation from the other person's point of view as well, is at the heart of virtually every conflict. And I sincerely believe that if we all were really effective at empathizing with others, and that we actually practiced that as well in everyday life, whether dealing with a a relatively trivial issue within a family, or within a business setting, or a life and death situation with regard to leaders of countries and dealing with issues of war, in all of those cases, desiring to and then practicing the habit of empathizing with others, I believe, would make among the biggest changes in the world, personally, as well as overall worldwide. Now, some people have a natural tendency to be able to empathize more easily and more deeply with others. However, anyone and everyone can develop the skill into a well-practiced habit. We just need to focus on particular ingredients and skills that make up this overall habit of empathizing with others. And just before we get into that, let me just read a few insightful quotes from people that I think have some pretty good ideas to share. Annie Lennox says, Humankind seems to have an enormous capacity for savagery, for brutality, for lack of empathy, and for lack of compassion. Stephen Covey said, When you show deep empathy toward others, their defensive energy goes down. 
and positive energy replaces it. That's when you can get more creative in solving problems. Henry David Thoreau said, Could a greater miracle take place than for us to look through each other's eyes for an instant? Theodore Roosevelt said, No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Roger Ebert said, I believe empathy is the most essential quality of civilization. And Arundhati Ray said, Empathy may be the most single, most important quality that must be nurtured to give peace a fighting chance. So let's think about the core ingredients to developing empathy. I believe there are three main skills to learn in order to develop and practice empathy. The first is authentic listening. The second is bias reduction. And the third is connecting with the whole person. And we're going to go through each of those in turn. Now, authentic listening, I did a dedicated episode on that in Life Habits 58. So for those of you who haven't listened to that episode, I would actually suggest that you listen to that episode to get the depth of understanding with regard to learning how to become better at authentic listening. But for those of you who have listened to that episode already, as well as those who may not, I'll go through and review the key items that we talked about in that episode. To be effective at authentic listening, you have to pay attention. You have to face the person, maintain eye contact, and give them your undivided attention. You have to avoid distractions, phones, computers, coworkers, etc. You have to show that you're listening. Focus on their verbal and nonverbal communication. Should defer all judgment. Try not to evaluate. Just simply focus on learning and understanding what they're saying. Set aside prejudices and opinions. Stop your internal dialogue, the anticipation of what you're going to say next. Restate or summarize what you've understood, and don't just repeat it. Actually convey back to the person you're speaking with deeply what you understood. And ask questions to explore issues deeper. So query, dig deeper in understanding what they're saying. And then finally, once you've really understood where they're coming from, then you can provide your views if that's appropriate. So these are all the suggestions that I made in that episode, episode 58, regarding becoming a more effective, authentic listener. And it's the first ingredient to really developing empathy. Because in order to see a situation or understand a person from their point of view, you got to start to actually listen to them and have a conversation with them. And whether that is in person or on the phone or in texting or in writing emails back and forth or whatever method of communication that you may use, you can use these same techniques to really practice the habit of authentic listening. So that's the first major cluster of skills to develop in order to be effective at empathizing. The second bias reduction is also something that we've dealt with in a previous podcast episode. 
Life Habits 53, dealt with this topic. So let's review what we talked about in that episode. I suggested that you examine your current practices for the way you may be biased, the type of newspapers you read, the blogs that you follow, the people that you listen to. Are there particular aspects of what you do today that really is filtering out and and thus biasing you in particular ways? Most of us are, in some way, really restricting what we expose ourselves to, and as a result, reinforcing our bias rather than being more open-minded. I suggested that you read or, or view an alternative point of view. I suggested that you follow somebody on Twitter, for example, randomly. You're more likely not to come across somebody that is just like you, which is often what happens when we only connect with friends and associates. I suggested that you do a Google search for an opinion that is opposite to yours and then read about that particular point of view. That can be extremely instructive if you want to get a different point of view than your own. And if you read those deeply and you use the same kind of approach that I talked about with regard to authentic listening, where you really try to understand what it is that they're saying, you can typically go beyond your own very synopsized kind of view of that other topic. Often we construct a, a very structured view of another topic that is opposite to ours. And reading or listening to somebody who is taking an all opposite point of view and actually listening to them using authentic listening, you can get a much better perspective of where they're coming from. And I guarantee you get different ideas and a different understanding of that issue when you actually seek out that point of view rather than always just try to argue against it. I argued for focusing on the facts and not opinions wherever you can, to admit when you don't know enough, and even debate the opposite point of view for a practice at becoming less biased in our views. Think too about the effect that polarization causes. Think of whenever you're listening to this podcast episode, what might be going on in the world, within your country, within your family, within any of the personal issues that you're dealing with today. Think about what everybody's biased view, including your own, may be contributing to a lack of harmony, a lack of working as a single team. It has a huge impact in many, many situations. Think too about what you're modeling for others. If you're a parent or if you have influence over others in terms of the impression that they may be getting from you, think about the views you, you express that may well be very biased. And if you stand back from it, you realize that, oh, I am rather on the biased side. If you allow yourself, and I encourage you to do so, the luxury of trying to take a bigger picture view of the issues that you're dealing with. And also, I finally suggested that you find a role model of someone who is even-handed and fair and not as biased as some of the other people that you may come across. So those were all the topics we just, I just quickly summarized them here, dealt with them in depth in the 
Life Habits 53 podcast. But again, it reinforces the notion that in order to develop empathy, you first need to have the ability to listen authentically to others and then also have developed the skill of ridding yourself of biases or challenging your biases as well. So if, for example, you're listening to another person deeply and trying to understand their point of view, if you also recognize that a lot of the time the things that you'll be listening to and trying to understand, if you focus on the fact that you may well have a bias in this topic area and to work against that and really truly do listen and try to understand the topic from their point of view, you're all doing the core elements of how to develop empathy. And the third and final sort of category of skills that make up this overall habit of developing empathy has to do with connecting with the whole person, what he or she says, does, thinks, and feels. And there's a particular exercise that I would like to suggest that you consider doing, which is to first get a piece of paper. You can do it with a large piece of paper or even just a regular uh, size one. Start off by drawing a circle in the center of that piece of paper, just a fairly small one. And then next, draw a picture of the person that you're trying to empathize with in the circle, or you can just draw a little picture of them and put their name. Then you draw a vertical line above and below that circle and a horizontal line to the left and the right of that circle so that you're creating basically four quadrants around that picture or drawing of the person that you're trying to empathize with. You then label those quadrants with do, say, think, and feel, each one of those four in each of the four quadrants. So the bottom left one might be do, the top left one, you know, might be say, the top right one might be think, and the bottom right one might be feel. So once you've got that all set up, now you just spend some time thinking about the person that you're trying to understand more deeply. And you can go on the basis of the authentic listening that you've actually done, you know, with that person and the conversations you had and the deep insight that you've tried to learn from them. And also you focused on not being biased in understanding what it is that they said. And now what you want to do is capture, and you can do these with little post-it notes, or you can just write it as short sentences and little uh, bubbles around them. Write what you think the person would do, would say, would think and feel about a particular area of interest. So if you're wanting to, let's say, in a family situation, try to understand your spouse better and where they're coming from, and there's some arguments you've been having. Say you capture and you put their picture in that circle, and you think about the issues that you've been discussing, and think about that issue even more broadly, the kinds of things that they're also dealing with day to day, and the kinds of things that impinge upon their life. And you capture in this little drawing what they say, what they do, what they think, and very importantly, what they feel. And if there's anything that you are not really that sure of, you can keep this little drawing around and uh, probably keep it somewhat privately. And then you can update this little drawing with ideas as you get them for something that 
you may well have not been paying attention to before, that there's some particular pressures at work, let's say, that they have that really is influencing how they feel. And it explains now why there was this real stressor and the kind of arguments that you had or whatever. So it broadens your understanding of the person that you're dealing with beyond the what is obvious in what, let's say, they're doing or saying. When you're getting into the thinking and feeling, you're getting into often a more deeper understanding of what that other person is like and what is driving them. And that's a situation, if that were to be a situation with regard to a home situation, it may be also a work one. It might be you dealing with your boss or you, if you're a boss and you're dealing with an employee, maybe your interactions, you know, with another friend of yours that there are situations that you want to understand better. It's also the case that if you are in or if you think about how situations that are kind of grave, serious issues, whether there's a, a major conflict that you're involved in that um, may take any form, the key players evolved in it to be able to actually go through and understand where they're coming from to use this particular exercise. Uh, I've seen many, many, many people, you know, use this in a variety of contexts and people report back that this provides them a vehicle for channeling what it is that they're focusing on with regard to empathizing with another person. That is a good way to structure the approach that they're taking. So this overall approach then is all about understanding the other person that you're dealing with by listening to them very deeply and effectively and what I call authentically, being aware of and reducing your biases so that you're coming to the table and coming to the interaction with an open mind, and then using this structured method that I described to summarize all of that and keep track of where your insight might come for further improving the way that you empathize with others. And I guarantee, like the quotes that we talked about off the top of this podcast episode, that as you and others around you start to empathize more with one another, your interpersonal communications and your relationships will be further improved. The situation regarding any business or work or school-related issues can also be resolved more easily and I think if we all did just a little bit more of empathizing with others, the whole world would become a better place with less conflict that we see today. So that's the overall topic of empathizing and develop, developing empathy. I wanted to also just mention before finishing up on this topic that I read a research paper recently that talked about that reading fiction also helps develop people's ability to empathize, which is kind of interesting because it is a simulation in a way of the items that we just talked to and talked about there. You don't typically talk back to a book. You actually learn about the characters in a fiction that you're, uh, that you're reading and you're also uh, taking their point of view as you get immersed in a piece of fiction. So that was, that, that was an additional interesting little tidbit of information. Now, before we finished up, I just wanted to, again, thank all of you for your comments, your suggestions, your ratings. 
And also your encouragement for me to get back to doing episodes together as well. And so I very, very much appreciate all of your encouragement. And uh, like I said off the top, apologize for the delay in getting this out as well. But I wanted to just read a few of the comments and I've edited down some of these as well, just to the core uh, ideas being expressed Crystal from Australia writes, Hi, Carl. I was listening to one of your 30-minute nuggets today, and you asked for feedback from countries around the world. Can I just say I love your podcast? In line with Tim Ferriss's morning routine suggestions, I use life habits as a way to feed my mind before I even leave the house. It's inspiring, thought-provoking, and a favorite part of my weekly routine. Thank you. Well, thank you, Crystal from Australia. And we have Darwill from Singapore who says, Hi, Carl. I'm so grateful for your podcast series and for your generosity in sharing your wisdom. Keep it up. Avid fan, Darwill. And Darwill, thanks from Singapore. And I encouraged in a number of podcast episodes that you provide feedback from places that I know people are listening from, but um, we don't see many comments in iTunes or ratings in iTunes from those countries. And so I'm delighted to hear from Australia, Singapore, and here's Alida from Kazakhstan, who says, hello, Carl, this is Alida, an American expat in Kazakhstan. To let you know that I really enjoy your podcasts, it's my way of staying connected with the world and gain new skills and knowledge. Great stuff. And an email from Samantha who says, Dear Carl, I wanted to tell you how much I enjoy your Life Hobbits podcast. Listening to an episode every morning really helps me start each day on a positive note. As other listeners have surely told you, your voice is quite soothing and the advice you give is immensely practical. So thanks so much, Samantha. And finally, Johnny from the UK, Northern Ireland said, Hi Carl, just starting the podcast from start. Got through a good few now, and it's fantastic. Helped me so much. I found so much inspiration from your podcast. I will be recommending it to friends. It's first rate. I can't thank you enough for sharing your knowledge and trying to make a change in the world that's so set in its ways. I will rate you highly on iTunes now. So I'd like to thank you, uh, Johnny and Samantha and Alita and Darwell and Crystal. And there are others of you as well that I will uh, try to get to in future episodes. And I'd like to encourage you to send me emails at uh, lifehabits at gmail.com or message me at facebook.com slash lifehabits. And of course, you can also make comments and share information with other Life Habits podcast listeners as well on the Facebook page as well. We will be doing a special uh, listener questions episode or uh, several uh, coming up. So if you do have any particular questions you'd like to have addressed that we haven't already over and above the topic suggestions that you provide, please send those along to the coordinates I mentioned earlier as well. With that, thanks so much for listening. And I'm delighted that you're continuing to focus on improving yourself every day. I think that's an amazing attribute that you all have that are listening to this podcast series. I thank you, and we'll talk to you all next time, and bye for now.